folks, we're almost there, almost. Mm, Christmas is coming. I want to talk to you, of course, in connection to Christmas about spleens and zeal. So this word in scripture that is very, very important and it's splangnizome. Splangnizome. And it means compassion. I first kind of came across this when I was studying Luke. It's only in Luke three times, I think. Uh, but it's in really, really crucial places. The prodigal son, when the father is, is waiting, hoping against hope that the son might return, and he's sitting, waiting, looking all the time, and he sees his son a long way off, and our Lord tells us that he was moved with compassion, splangnizome. It actually it has to do with the spleen. That's the spleen connection. It means that in your bowels, it hurts. That compassion is actually this visceral, it's this yearning of the spleen. I've never tried to anthropomorphize a spleen before. That's my spleen. I think it's on that side. Anyway, I didn't know, I don't know what a spleen does, to be honest. If you know what a spleen does, please add it into the comments. But uh, anyway, the, uh, the ancients, especially the ancient Greeks and the Jews, uh, had this, this, this sense of compassion coming from the bowels. That uh, A lot of the emotions and passions, that's where they would kind of connect them to, this visceralness. Anyway, so uh, the father in that story, he has this, ah, oh, he sees his son who's wrecked and looks terrible and he's coming back. And rather than the father be moved by anger or be moved by whatever else, he's moved by this, oh, it hurts him to see that his son is suffering. This same word, splaganizime, probably saying it wrong, that appears in Mark and Matthew as well, numerous times, numerous times. And usually it's this reaction of Jesus to suffering, understandably, compassion. But it also explains something of the incarnation that this is particularly why Jesus came, because seeing our suffering, seeing that we were helpless, seeing how desperately we needed him, out of the kindness and compassion of his heart, he came. This is why we have Christmas, is because God sees you and it hurts him to see us suffer. It hurts him to see us without God in our lives, because we were made for God. We were made for, for perfect love and freedom. It hurts him when he sees us lost in ourselves, lost in sin, meaningless lives. It hurts him to see us being mean, uh, hurting other people, being hurt ourselves. And so he came. So, splaganitsime, your spleen, your compassion is really, really important. Thank God that this is God, that this is God's heart uh, towards us, that he comes to us compassionately rather than as a just judge, which will happen at the end. But now is the time of the spleen. <laughs> Now is the time of mercy, when God comes to us, when God relates to us as this merciful Savior. There's a particular passage in Matthew I wanted to look at to show, see how this might apply to us. So it's just at the end of chapter 9, and then it kind of goes into chapter 10. And Jesus is doing a tour of the, yeah, the villages and towns, and he's, you know, preaching and all that. And then it says, and he looked, when he saw the crowds, he was moved with splaganizene with compassion. It hurt him to see them. And it says, because they were harassed and dejected like sheep without a shepherd. And apparently a more accurate translation of that would be, 
they were mangled and cast away like sheep without a shepherd. It's this image of the shepherd has abandoned them, not just that he's been taken away. Their shepherd has been, has just uh, left them, abandoned them, and they're a mess. They haven't been sheared in years, and they're sick, and they're in pain, and they're scattered, and so he sees them, and, this, and it's this image, and it's not just like, oh, they're desperate, but they're, they're mangled. It's almost an image of, of Jesus on the cross, isn't it? Mangled and rejected, cast away, of no use. That this is how he looks. And what does this mean? That Jesus is, uh, he's moved actually in two ways. So this first way is he sees our wretchedness, he sees our need, he sees our suffering, and he sees it more deeply than we do. He pierces, he's not afraid to see how immense our need is. I'm conscious myself of my own needs somewhat. I find that difficult. I find it difficult to be aware of my own needs. I find it very difficult to communicate those needs to anybody, even to God, because right, neediness has a really bad reputation, right? So it's like, oh, I don't want to be needy. <laughs> People will reject me. Whereas God sees the way beyond what we are capable of perceiving of our own need, our own wretchedness, our own sinfulness. He sees all of that and it moves him and it moves him in a beautiful way. It hurts him as if it's his own wretchedness, as if it is his own pain. And he in fact has united himself to us in all of that, even in our sinfulness. He has united himself in, uh, to us in that. But this also, the sight of us as this crowd in Matthew, it also moves him in another direction. And that is not just to see our plight, but to see our potential. And he gives a second image to his disciples. And he says, the harvest is rich, but the laborers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest. And then he takes the 12 and he sends them to go and harvest. So it's this, like he doesn't just focus like, oh, you are, lad, you're a mess. Let's face it. Uh, no, he, he sees us. And he does see that, but he also sees what we could be when in him, what we could be if we were, if we had our shepherd with us, if we were fully alive in God. So he describes us like a, a field of gold. You know that Sting song, Fields of Barley? Do, 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 do. Love that song. Uh, anyway, this, this just meditation is beautiful. Is there anything more beautiful on a beautiful evening, you know, seeing a field of wheat or barley? blown in the wind. It's just this, it's a field of gold. And this is how it's beautiful image that Jesus sees. Like, so these folks who are desperate, broken, poor, and lost, and he sees in them, oh, treasure. The kind of treasure that a very wealthy farmer would look out over his fields and go, wow, and just rejoice in it. And so too, God looks at us and he just rejoices in us as in their potential in if we respond to his call and his invitation of kindness and compassion, if we let him love us, who we could be. That Jesus, it being so moved by compassion, by pain in people's plight, but also by, by zeal because of their potential, he sends the church that you are the laborers that have been sent. You are the ones that in this passage, he's inviting us to enter into Christmas, enter into his entire work of salvation. Uh, first of all, with his compassion to meditate on ourselves, to meditate upon others, especially to meditate on the poor and needy, the lost, 
those who do not know Jesus, to meditate on them and to let our meditation go in these two directions. To see people's plight, to see our own plight without him, our need for him, but also to see the potential, our own potential, to see how God sees us as gold, as treasure, as food for the hungry. And his desire to be united to us, his desire to harvest, to bring us into his father's house, into his very heart and to love us there. We are called in, in our preparation for Christmas to let ourselves, to stir up our compassion, to realize this is why Jesus came. This is why he humbled himself. Uh, this is why he, he made God visible in revealing himself. And that we are called then into that same passage to imitate Jesus, that we could get his eyes, that we could see others that way, we could see ourselves that way. Uh, to, to not be afraid of people's brokenness and poverty, to not be afraid to go where angels fear to tread, to not be afraid to bring Jesus to be his light and his love and his warmth in those places, in those hearts, in those lives. And also to go there believing in people's potential, what Jesus can do in a soul, what Jesus has done in my soul, in my life, what he's done in your life, even today, and what he would love to do in others. And he, but he does send us and he says, don't be afraid to be my presence, to be me, to represent me fully, in your life, in your situations with people, to come up close and to love them with God's love, to see them with his, his eyes. And, uh, and here's the zeal, zeal for souls. It's, it's a tremendous gift of God to a zeal, meaning kind of a burning, like a, almost like a jealous heart, like this, this, this uh, seeing people for who they are and their destiny and to long for their salvation, to long that it would become a burning passion of our lives because it was for Jesus. It was the whole reason for his coming, this zeal for you and me, this longing, this compassion, this love, this love. So yeah, there's my invitation to you as, a, as we prepare for Christmas to meditate on these things and to get the heart of Jesus. God bless you. You remember me when the west wind blows among the fields of barley you can tell the sun and his jealous skies. We walked in fields of gold.